From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Jake of All Trades. I'm your host, Jake Rivas, and I'm here today, old school way, interviewing someone in real life, welcome Stephanie Scheller. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I mean, come on, it doesn't get better than the mic, the couch, the, the sitting. Like, right? This right? is awesome. Yeah. So a little bit about Stephanie, for those of you listening. Stephanie Scheller took the business world by storm. After three years in corporate America, she ramped up her sales training and coaching business in only four and a half months mm-hmm. to completely replace her corporate income and walked away to run Grow Disrupt, mm-hmm. a, com- a company focused on disrupting the way the world goes into and stays in business. Yep. That's so, I love the way that's written. There's a lot of personality in that. <laughs> Thank you. And recognition that, yeah, you built your business in four and a half months. So if we could just start there, because that's kind of fascinating how you went about doing that and what motivated you to get out of corporate America. Ah, so the ever living, like this is the the story that every sales rep tells, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they started messing with my commission check <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is not happening. Actually, I put up with them messing with my commission check for like nine months and then I was like, okay, I'm done. And they did it one more month and I went out, I fled to California, I got trained to be a sales trainer and um, so I started the business in May of 2014 and I just like... I was pushing what really, really pushed me. And I don't even know if my boss would remember this, but the, the month that last month that they messed with my commission check, I sat in his office and at this point they owed me like twenty five, thirty thousand $30,000 in commission. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. It was a huge chunk of change for me at the time. Like I was like, like uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. And so they're sitting here and he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, you're not getting a commission check again. And I just started crying and I looked at him and I said, I will be gone by October. And he laughed and he goes, oh, you don't mean that. And I was like, watch me, <laughs> like, screw this. So they, so did you, you took him up on his offer? I mean, oh. on, on your, you made him eat his own words. I did. It was hilarious. I loved it because I came into the office at the, it was the last business day in, in August, 2014. Um, that's why I have to say four and a half months because they actually made me work those last two weeks. Like I, I walk into his office and I put the envelope on his desk and I, I think I had to cover a couple other things because it was a Friday. So I was like, okay, oh, yeah, you know, question, question, question. Oh yeah, and by the way, and I just slid it across. He was like, what's this? Oh, like you could see his face drained. He just was like, is this for real? I mean, what did they expect? That was kind of, I was like, yes, do you remember this? Like, it was the exact same office sitting, the exact same seat. And he, it was, it was funny because like I was the only manager, um, I was the digital account manager. I was the only manager who had a hundred to 115% retention month over month. So not only was I retaining all my accounts, but I was growing them as well. And so he was, he just sat there and he just like, his face just paled. He was like, well, can you at least work your last two weeks? And I was like, I guess if you really want, I didn't know that I could say no. I thought I had to say yes. So I said, yes, I'll work my last two weeks. And and then I was done. I walked away and I have never gone back. Never looked no back. No interest, no. So ties us into the business now. Yes. Tell us about your business and if, if that's a primary source of income for you. The business is the primary source of income. So I actually am at the point where the business pays me a monthly salary. So I actually get 
Like I know how much money I'm making each month. Nice. It's amazing. I know, right? So the company pays me a, a monthly salary. We actually have uh, four other people, three other people on consistent payroll, and then one person who like hops on the payroll and then hops off and like does tasks and then doesn't. And um, so yeah, that's where all the income comes from right now. The idea, the goal is um, we'll finish off paying off debt by the end of this year, and then actually be able to take all the money that I'm paying into debt and actually start investing it into more than just the business because the business obviously it does provide profit dividends every year for me which is really mm -hmm. awesome like i love the fact yes i get a paycheck every month but then i also get profit disbursement at the end of every quarter right. and every year right um but i really want to start taking that and, and investing into yes some other businesses but also into you know the stock market and some real estate and some more stuff like that because I, I really do think um your business should be your primary investment if you are an entrepreneur mm -hmm. but it needs to be paying you so that you are investing it into other stuff because it can't all be in one, you know, eggs exactly. in one Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's actually a, a perfect description of what I thought would be interesting for us to talk about yeah. because you're a business owner that's level-headed and you recognize that already, you're already 10 steps ahead of right. most business owners. Cause I, I deal with business owners. There are other business owners out there I've met and they're just like, all in 100% to the business, which is important. Right. But like you mentioned, you need to be using the business as a tool to build yes. your own personal wealth. And so it sounds like to me, you've got a you've got a path towards achieving that yes. already. Yes, but it's not something that happened by accident. And that's something I think a lot of business owners forget that it's not going to happen by accident. You have to plan this. You have to be checking your business model. Make sure that your business model is you know, profitable, which a lot of business models are not profitable. And so here goes the business owner. Let me take my 401k. Let me take my retirement. Let me take my savings. Put it all into the business because it will pay out in a few years. Uh -huh. And I'm like, no, no, no. Your business needs to start. Like, I'm in the midst of a startup, actually, a tech startup. And um, so I have Grow Disrupt and then I have this tech startup. And the one thing that I keep coming back to with the engineers is I'm like, guys, this thing has to make money from day. Like the day we go live, it has to be it has to be priced to be profitable. Mm -hmm. And so that's something they're like they've had a hard time wrapping their heads around because they're like, well, let's just get it live, you know, and start charging whatever we want. And I'm like, no, 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 there's there's like a you know, there's a formula here. Right. <laughs> like Make sure the business works. Otherwise. What's the point? What's the point? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a good, that's an interesting point. Do you find that that has slowed you down at all in the, in the progression of building businesses because you plan too much or is it make everything more seamless? Um, so it can, and I see a lot of, I see for a lot of business owners where it does slow them down too much, where they spend all their time planning and no time executing. Mm -hmm. I don't have that issue. I'm much more of an executor. I have to like remind myself to go do the planning stuff. So um, that doesn't slow me down. And actually, I would say taking the time to plan that stuff has sped up the business because it has allowed me to have the cash reserves and the opportunity to take advantage of opportunities where a lot of times business owners are sitting there and a really awesome opportunity comes their way and they're like, uh, can't afford it. Let me go try and get a loan from the bank. And the bank mm -hmm. is like, yeah, your business isn't making money. I'm not going to give you money. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it, it, I think, I think it's actually sped me up, but I do know that is a hole that a lot of business owners can fall into. Right. Planning, 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 
planning. Plan, plan, plan. Yeah. I love to plan. I'm a planner. But right. You have to execute as <laughs> yeah, well. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. It doesn't do you any good if you sit there. I mean, you know, for investments, right? I could sit here and be like, oh, I should invest in that company. I should put my money over here. I should do this mutual fund. But if you don't ever actually put money out, like. Nothing's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I want to go in the direction of how you view your business from the standpoint mm -hmm. of overall wealth and how it relates to, I'm going to say portfolio, because that's the that's the words I like to use. But, sure. you know, all encompassing your net worth, all of your financial resources, how, mm -hmm. what, what role does your business play in that? In the full net worth, I think for where I'm at right now in life, the business is a huge piece of my personal net worth. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably about like 90, 95% of my net worth right now. It's a huge chunk. Long term, I think the goal is more that the business will be a portion of it and that we will, you know, the goal is for Grow Disrupt to be a billion dollar company, to have a net worth of a billion dollars. Um, and in part of that will be ownership in multiple other companies, again, diversifying mm -hmm. the portfolio. But the, the goal is that Grow Disrupt will finance my ability to grow other areas of my portfolio, real estate, stocks, and actually diversify and create a very solid wealth strategy. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, just just one, you know, just having your business, I don't think is a super solid strategy because you we're gonna go through market ups and downs. Absolutely. And they're gonna impact the business just as much as they impact the stock market. And, you know, it's the businesses who make it through those that are the ones that you know, survive and become the leaders for the next generation. So you have to have some, um, some diversification, which is, you know, where I'm aware I'm a little shy. So right now it's huge. The goal is, mm -hmm. you know, ask me that question in three years and it won't be. <laughs> that's perfect though, because that's the direction that you need to head. And yeah. I think that's one of the, the points of this particular episode that I want to hammer home to those people listening is pour your heart and soul into your business, but recognize the risks that are there when you're right. so focused on just one aspect of your overall personal financial life and you're not paying attention to other areas. It can get yeah. a little dicey. And mm -hmm. especially if you're not making decisions, like you said, to build out wealth in other aspects, investing in other businesses, adding real mm -hmm. estate, finding liquid investments to yeah. also put money into. Mm -hmm. All of those things kind of balance themselves out. And so I think that's really good that yeah. you have that focus already. Yeah, and I think I think it's an area the problem for most small businesses is they never get enough money. They never get enough like nest egg to truly take care of their business. And so then they they think that once they have enough money and they have enough nest egg to take care of the business, then they can pay attention to the rest. And the issue is, I mean, like I said, you know, my my business is 90 95% of my net wealth, mm -hmm. wealth. But the business is actually worth a pretty decent chunk of change. Mm -hmm. So there's a decent enough chunk of change elsewhere. Um, and the thing is, I always tell people when you get where you're going, you're only going to be more of who you already are, right? So if you're not investing, you're not setting aside that money now, trust me, when you have the business and you're, you know, a nest egg or whatever, you're not going to do it then either. So you have to build the habit now, now. right? While it's small and while it's easier, believe it or not, it is easier to build the habit now mm -hmm. than it is to think that, you know, in 10 years, five years, I'm going to have you know, all this extra money lying. There's never extra money lying around. I don't know where no, people you can get always find idea. a way to spend it, right? <laughs> right. You can yeah. always people are like, I'm going to get a raise this year. And then fast forward six months and they're like, I don't feel like I got a raise because you just spend it. Right. Right. It's the same concept you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money your business makes. There's never going to be 
old ton of I mean we do track like cash flow mm-hmm. so you know we have we have a sheet where we track you know how much cash flow is left at the end of each month so that we can and I want to see that cash flow number trending up um but the the truth is like there's always places that that cash is always earmarked for something right right so mm-hmm. there's never like just an extra it always kills me people like, what would you do if you had an extra five thousand dollars I'm like trust me it would not be there in 30 days like <laughs> I could find some way yeah, to use like, it somehow. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so your business, we've recognized it's a significant portion of your net worth. Right. How do you protect it? What how what ways in your mind are protection measures for the business? That's a really good question. So one of the things there's actually multiple pieces we put in place because I'm a, I'm a firm believer like if you if you have everything pinning on one leg right you know if the table only has one leg the one leg gets knocked out the table's falling it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how beautiful of a table it is so well, the first thing we did was we have multiple revenue streams so no one client no one provider one vendor is going to ever provide more than 18% of the revenue and I say 18% the goal is actually 15% but we have one client who's 18% of the monthly income right now and the goal like we're working that down to 15%. But I'll see businesses like I uh, worked with a client who they were a $3 million business and they had one customer who was 40% of their, their revenue. Wow. Like literally if that customer went away, the business was just shutting the doors. Like it would be three of the 10 people left. Like it was bad. And I was like, this is not like, this is not a safe, secure business. Um, And then it, it creates a lot of like, you're like at the beck and call of that customer, right? That customer calls you at midnight and you're answering the phone because you're terrified you're going to lose the exactly. account. Exactly, yeah. Right, so that's number one is, first of all, we have diversified revenue. You know, no one person is responsible for an overly large chunk of the income. And then the other thing we do is we have different products and things that we're selling that all line up together. So if, you know, for some reason, the Grow Retreat tickets, right? This is a perfect example. We do this massive retreat in January every year. Well, tickets to that don't sell, like they sell really heavily October, November, December, right? Right before. Right before the event. They don't sell. I'm, I'm selling one, maybe two tickets a month right now mm-hmm. to the Grow Retreat. And so if all of my, like, if I was pinning everything on all those tickets coming, the, the ticket sales are just not going to come in that, this time of year because, you know, we're still figuring out that there's so many reasons why. So we have the Grow Retreat. We have the online university. We're launching a couple of, like, products over the summer so that, again, just revenue is diversified so that and the idea being that we will have, you know, 25% of our revenue coming from here, 25% coming from here, mm-hmm. 25% from here, 25% from here. And that requires on my part, really good time management because I have to manage basically four businesses under one roof. Um, but that those, so one, no one person's allowed to be a huge chunk of the revenue Two, mm-hmm. We make sure that, you know, we have multiple products. And then the other thing we, we've made sure that these products appeal to different, um, different positions in the marketplace, right? So uh, this product really appeals to like a bull up market, right? Whereas this product will sell really, really well if, you know, the market starts to go sideways. Mm -hmm. And then this product will sell really well if the market goes down. So we make sure that no matter what the market does, we've got we've got a product that will just step up and naturally fill the gap mm-hmm. to make sure that we're covered. So that's another one of the things we've done. Right. And when you say market, you're talking about the consumers that are right. your ideal customer. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. 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 Which a lot of times I mean it does end up reflecting a lot of like the stock market, right? Like, you know, right. buying the stock market's up, buying's up. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we do like I do watch the stock market to see how buying's gonna go inside, you know, with my customers. One of the nice things is, you know, a couple of our products are 
like people buy more consulting and coaching and courses and training when the market is down because they're trying to figure out how to, you know, game the market. Right. Mm -hmm. So like on that side, it's it's like, okay, cool. Yay. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Protect it. Use it from your, use it to your advantage. Yeah. That's really smart though, because you don't think about the implications and we're talking about, you know, stock market, but even the economy, right. Takes a toll on any business, regardless of industry. And you found a way to diversify that such that Mm -hmm. you can take advantage of the ups and the downs. Mm -hmm. You know, we're entering a period where recession is kind of on the horizon, right? That's going to be a new economic cycle. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming business owners, like you mentioned, they're going to want different things from you at that time. And so you have created products and, and services to cater to that yes. time frame. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like trying to be predictive and proactive. A lot right. of business owners end up firefighting, right? Mm-hmm. Very backwards facing. Mm-hmm. Like, let me put out this fire and let me put out this fire and let me put, and and they forget that, you know, hey, if you would plant a garden and water that garden, like a well watered garden isn't gonna catch on fire quite as quickly as, you know, that dried up patch of weeds. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that's what we've tried to do is build a well watered garden that will help since, you know, all my net worth's in the business right now. There's a lot of protection going into the business. You need some protection. That's good to know, though. Um, So, and I think that other business owners, maybe they don't think that way, right? They don't think in the sense of diversifying income streams, or maybe they don't have the opportunity to do it because they offer maybe one product or one service. And so in that instance... I guess there are ways you could protect yourself insurance wise or cash wise, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. one of the things you talked about before is you like to keep a lot of liquidity, your yes. cash buffer, because that allows you opportunity to take advantage of stuff, right? Right. Yeah. So we do, we have, we have a, a end goal. Um, so we, we follow what our burn rate is, right? So how much, how much cash are we burning through? So if all of the revenue stopped coming into the business tomorrow, Like if for some reason all of my clients said you're fired, like all of the one-on-one clients, all of the group clients, if no one wanted to buy a ticket to the growth, like let's say I got hurt and I'm in the hospital, Mm -hmm. the company can continue to run for six months just based on the cash. Okay. That's all the cash we keep on hand. Other than that, then we take that extra cash and we start investing it elsewhere. Because if I can't pull the business out of a nosedive in six months, then there's a problem with me. So, <laughs> uh, so, so six months is our, is our cash cap and we want to keep six months worth of expenses on hand at all time just to be, got it, you know, super safe. And for those listening, the, ex- the expenses you're talking about in that six month sum, those mm-hmm. are your operating expenses for the business, including like payroll, payroll and stuff. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So that would be, you know, my salary, my employee salaries, any overhead. I mean, we would cut if something drastic happened, there would be a lot of expenses that would get cut. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there would be no point in keeping like some, some of those expenses on regardless, like I'm not going to spend cash, you know, willy nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that would be, you know, overhead payroll. Um, yeah, all the all the expenses basically just keep the lights running for mm-hmm. six months. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very wise decision to make. And a mm-hmm. lot of times people don't like to do that. Yeah. And I think that's consistent and maybe I'm projecting, but with business owners in particular, you guys are always finding opportunities to invest, right? Yeah. You have the entrepreneurial mindset and you can probably never turn it off. No. Right? <laughs> Am I right about that? Right. So having <laughs> cash lying around, was that difficult for you in the in the initial phases of building your business? Like you wanted to use up whatever you had to invest more? Um, it it was well, so what happened was not necessarily that I recognized it was difficult, 
but I would constantly like take the money and put it elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the thing is I am very sensitive to pain. Right. So I'm only going to get into a cash crunch like once or twice before I'm going to learn my lesson and it's never going to happen again. Gotcha. Whereas a lot of times I think a lot of business owners, they, they don't learn from the pain, right? They get into the cash crunch, they get in trouble and they are just in trouble. Like Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do about it and, and they work their butts off. Right. You know, they hustle their way out of it and then, you know, they're good for six months and then they're in trouble again. Same spot. Yeah. And, and that, so, so for me, since I, I'm like, I was the person who would watch my siblings get in trouble when I was a kid and be like, okay, I am never touching, you know, whatever that thing is because it will get me like, you know, I'm not getting in trouble. Like I prefer to learn from other people's pain. I don't like being in pain. Yeah. So that was, for me, that was a big, um, a big driver was like, I don't want to be in pain. So no, I'm not going to touch the cash because I know I I might need it. Well, at some point you don't know yeah. what's going to happen, yeah. right? So, so it was painful to learn, but then I was like, all right, done. I'm not I'm not worrying about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to have the cash set aside. Period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to shift gears in this last little bit that we have and talk about what are the rewards to you in being a business owner and having a significant portion of your net worth tied up to a business rather than being a salaried employee who's accumulating wealth in a 401k and elsewhere and buying a house and, you know, kind of the normal situation. What is it that's different for you and that is so rewarding? I think a couple of things. Um, One is, you know, for me, it's that control, right? If we want to go on vacation, you know, Matt and I were talking, my husband and I were talking about going on vacation and, you know, we were like, okay, well, it's going to cost this much money. I was like, okay, great. I'm just going to go make extra money and make sure that my profit dividend is going to cover that. So then, you know, for the next quarter, my profit dividend is going to go towards our vacation instead of paying off debt. Right. That's, that's one of the beautiful pieces is like, there's no cap. So I can, however much money I want to make in a year, like, okay, let's go make that much money. Like Uh there's nothing holding me back. Um, the other thing, the, just the freedom of, you know, having the ability to be my boss, to be in control of my life, like that feels awesome that, that not having to answer to somebody else. Um, and I think there's a lot more capability to make a lot more money mm-hmm. when you own your own business, as opposed to working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times when you work for somebody else, you are capped at that certain income. And even if you go, I mean, unless you're going to get up to like C-suite level, mm-hmm. right? You're probably not going to make seven figures in a year. Right. Um, unless you're a really incredible sales rep or you're a C-suite. And that's something that small business owners have the ability to do right. for themselves is to actually make and take home seven figures. And that's something that, you know, I, I love that, that capability. I love the fact that, you know, if I want to like that is 100 percent on me if i want to take that much money for me i can Mm -hmm. like it's it's all up to me it's like i get to choose my destiny it's like you know choose your own like the the you know choose your own story playbooks right yeah and i get to actually choose my own story that's really awesome so you're not going to do this forever right is there is there retirement in the future have you even given thought to that i know it's a long way off but because (laughs) Part of this conversation about diversifying income streams and mm-hmm. building wealth and other types of assets is that 
eventually maybe you'll stop or you'll slow down or you'll sell this business right mm-hmm. what what do you have any plans something like that i think the plan would be to like like the tech company i'm building and some of the other companies um to sell those uh and and you know take the lump sum and and move on i think with grow disrupt what i would love is to set up the business so that it runs itself and that i can be involved still because i can't imagine and it could just be that I'm young, but I have a really hard time imagining retirement. Like, yeah, just like, like, yeah, just sit around and do nothing all day. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. Like, I don't want to do so. And that could be just, you know, I'm, I'm young. So it could be that, but, but what I would love to do is get to the point where, you know, I could work three to four days a week if I wanted to, or maybe even just two or three, you know, show mm-hmm. up to the events, run the events, run a couple of meetings with my team and let the business keep running. I want this business to be bigger than me so that it doesn't hinge on me to keep it moving and that I can, you know, still be involved and still be making the impact without having to be in, involved with every single piece Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yep. And so. that's a key right there that you just mentioned yeah. about using the business as a tool for your own personal wealth. You're not the sole driver because eventually if something happened and you did want to sell it, if you're the sole driver operating every lever, nobody's going to be able to take it from you, right? Right. So then you may have a valuation, but really it's worth nothing if nobody knows how to run it but you. And so there's no achievement. So that's a really great perspective to have. And also... Just the flexibility, you know, you talk about I'm young, so I don't know that if I want to ever want to retire, but it's also, you don't have to do the daily grind every day, right? right? Your daily grind is something you enjoy and you're seeing the immediate success of that daily grind. Right. And yeah. so that your, uh, your idea of a working day is much better probably than some people who have to go into the office every day or you deal know, with a like boss that. and a coworker. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there's still things on my plate that I do today that I'm not as excited about doing. Um, and I would love to get those off my plate completely. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if I could just do the, the four or five things that are inside my energy advantage, like I would love like if I could just do those, it'd be awesome. So yeah. that that's really the goal is to get the business to where I'm just doing those four or five things. And, you know, yeah. that would basically be retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing all this good details. You have a great perspective on how to use your business to build wealth and the importance, the significance of diversifying your assets and your overall net worth is is really good to have that that perspective. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of that. Now, how can people find you, keep up with you? Do you have any social media channels or anything like that? <laughs> we do. We have several social media. We have social media channels for me. And uh, then we also have some for Grow Disrupt. So um, we're highly active on Facebook. We have the Disruptive Entrepreneurs Mastermind, which is a Facebook group we run. Um, and we do a ton of like free training and content in there. So I Highly recommend people check it out. I think probably the central hub to go to would just be growdisrupt.com. So G-R-O-W-D-I-S-R-U-P-T. And links to the mastermind are on there, links to all of our events, links to our online training. I mean, everything's on there. And then you can even, if you fill out the contact form and just, you know, address it to Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, like it will get to me within a day. Like my team's pretty good about making sure it all gets back to me pretty fast. Got it. Awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. Really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Jake of All Trades. If you want to keep up with me, search for at Jake's Two Cents on social media and go to jakestwocents.com. And remember, you're the expert of your own life. And that's my two cents.
securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.